and welcome back to 24-7 Ball Talk. With me today is Sean Fessler, as always, and I am your host, Hayden Fessler. Today we will be talking about the Utah Jazz expectations for next year and the nemesis is that will come along with how good they will be and the different teams changing and along with that we will be talking at the end of the show about how Chris Paul and do you think the Thunder are going to be a playoff contending team with the addition of Chris Paul and first off today we'll be talking about the expectations for the Utah Jazz we'll start out by talking about what are the fans expectations for the Utah Jazz me personally being a Utah Jazz fan I feel like it's been enough time waiting around I feel like we need to get a championship or at least make it there I feel like that would make the fans very happy and what are your opinions dad um I think the fans always in Utah because we are a one pony show with a, with a professional sports teams I think the fans every year have their jazz goggles on and expect a championship and I think a lot of times the jazz fans get let down and I think this year is going to be one of those years that the fans' expectations are way too high this year. For the, I, I think they think that we're going to win the, the Western Conference Championship, we're going to the finals, and we're going to win it all. As a Jazz fan, sure, that'd be awesome to be that way. But I think for me as a fan, if the Jazz make it semifinal somewhere there, make a good series, I think that's a step in the right direction. I don't see him going past the semifinals. I think there's other teams that are can give the Jazz all they want, and I would like to see him. I think that's realistically possibly to get there, but, I mean, there's got to be some luck happen, some just some things happen along the way. Other teams have to fail. I think that's... Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of the Jazz fans have lost a lot in the offseason, losing Rubio, Favors, like just two of the starting five. They're like, hey, I want to see something in Utah. I want to, I want, I want just, because the fans will always support Utah during a horrible season. Like the first last year, the fans were still going to the games when the Jazz were just doing absolutely garbage. Like, they were not playing good. They were always away, and when they would come home, they would lose because they weren't used to playing at home. And I feel like the fans always have the Jazz's back. Now it's for more so the roles are getting reversed, and the Jazz are going to have the fans' backs now. Like, hey, we got this. We got Mike Conley. Like, we got our next step up. We're, we're pushing in the right direction, like you said. But we're going to make... I, I feel like they'll make it to the semifinals. I feel they'll easily be top four in the West, if not higher. And depending on who they play matchup-wise, they could make it to the conference finals and even to the finals, just being a Jazz fan and looking at it. But the season hasn't started, so you can't be like, maybe the Jazz chemistry doesn't work out. But the small chance that the chemistry doesn't work out, I mean, there's still the chance that they could make it to the finals. This is probably the best best chance they've had for a long time, and the fans have been waiting for it. I think last year the fans were kind of upset because – they were expecting to play the Trailblazers or 
not not the Rockets in the first round. That's what kind of screwed the Jazz over, is that they got stuck with the Rockets. Yes. And, I, th- I think also in looking kind of, I think, fan-wise, I would say the Lakers have the highest hopes. I think in, in looking at it, if you're a Lakers fan, you are... If you don't make the championship, it's over. I mean, you're like, your season's over. I think if you're a Clippers, the Clippers have high expectations right now as their fans. They're expecting championship. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is going to bring a championship. I think if they don't win a championship, they're disappointed. I think Golden State fans, I think they also want to win a championship, and they expect to get back there because they've been there so many times. So as a Golden State fan, you're disappointed if your team doesn't make it back there. Even with losing KD, even not having Clay till uh, possibly All-Star break, you, you, they're, but their expectations are so high. So that's why I think the Jazz fans, yeah, we're crazy Jazz fans. I mean, there are... But if you look at it, I think if we make it to the semifinals, as a Jazz fan, I'm happy. Yeah, do I want to go to the championship? Do I want to go to the Western? Yes, but do I see it as success? I see it as a success in a building year. Uh, not a building year, I don't not, not that year. For the pieces that we've put together, make it to the semifinals, I am happy as a Jazz fan. Yeah, and I think fans need to realize that the competition out in the West is so hard to be able to get to the finals. Like, it's such a grind just to get to the Western Conference finals, like, first off. And then to to get to the finals is even harder. Like you said, you have to go possibly go through the Lakers, possibly go through the Clippers, depending on how their seasons play out. And Denver. And, yeah, Denver, Portland, just how everything lines up. And I, I feel like as Jazz fans, everyone's... Like me, we're expecting high hopes for this season, but like we need to calm it down a little. If we make it to the semifinal, it's good. If we make it to the Western Conference, there's just a little cherry on top. If we make it to the finals, the Salt Lake City is going to explode, and it's going to be crazy for a, a month or so. It is pretty wild when it was here with Chicago. It was crazy. Uh, I now look at the other teams. Okay, let's say if if you were a Minnesota fan right now. Do you think, as a Minnesota fan, would you be saying, like, oh, our team's going to the finals? Our team's there. We got our team's so good. Towns, Wiggins, we're there. We, last year we were so close. We just one game away. I mean, are you saying that same thing as a Minnesota fan? Well, I think all fans say that about their teams, except for the Knicks right now. You got to have those fan goggles on that. We always talk about, hey, take your goggles off. You're, you you got that fan image over your eyes that you're so invested into the team that you're only thinking about your team. Because, like you said, Minnesota, yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they always see the plus side of things. They didn't look at last year of how bad they did. They don't look at this year when they lost some people, gained some people. They, they, like, you're just not looking. They're not, they don't look at stuff. And I feel like being a Jazz fan, like, a lot of fans do have their goggles on to say, "Oh, we're making it to the finals. We we got players. We lost we lost players that they may or may not have helped us." And like we got Conley, he's gonna boost us up. That's another thirty points. And I feel like 
we need to take those goggles off and kind of see the real world as Jazz fans and realize that if we make it to the Western Conference Finals, that is just exceptional as a Jazz fan because that hasn't happened for a long time since they pro- since they played Chicago. It's been a long time. I think the last time was when, but I think they lucked out to get there with Williams with and Boozer when they both and Kirlinko and they went to the fi- the Western Finals. I mean, that was a time when we thought, hey, this next year, but I think that was kind of a facade. I don't think this team is like that team. I think this team, in three years, I, I think within the next three years, we possibly will play for a championship in Utah. But a lot of things have to happen. Now, for the NBA, what... Let's kind of think of this way. NBA, what are the NBA expecta- expectations of the Jazz? Well, I think... The NBA expectations for the Jazz, they just see him as a middle team right now. Like you said, the Lakers, the Clippers, and you might have a Portland or the Rockets. They just got a little bit better. You might have them above the Jazz as as a three seed. You, you don't see how it's all playing out. And the Jazz, everyone got so high hopes at the first of the season because the Jazz made such big moves. They're like, the Jazz are going to be good next year. They're going to be a two seed. And then Anthony Davis went to the Lakers. Well, they're going to be a three seed now. Okay, Kawhi and Paul George go to the Clippers. Okay, the Jazz are going to be a four seed. So I feel like... But I think, I also even look, Denver. The Jazz didn't beat Denver. Denver finished ahead of the Jazz. So do you got to put, I think, the NBA... I realistically, I think, I mean, you know, they, everybody talks about them, but I think people are just putting the NBA out there, are putting them probably sixth. No, it was fourth. But I, I mean, legit, you could say, I mean, yeah, they're saying some experts have for the fourth, power rankings. But but you look at it though. I mean, for what the media, everything you're seeing, you're watching on ESPN, you're listening to uh, various people saying Lakers, Clippers, like you said, the Rockets. You have Denver. You have uh, who else was there? Uh, Rockets, Trailblazers, Trailblazers, Jazz, and I and Golden State. I mean, yeah, Golden State is. I think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder. I think not having Clay, they're going to come out. Steph's going to put a lot more on his plate. I think they're. I think they're going. I mean, I don't say. I don't know if Golden State can be in the top four, but NBA expectations. They're still the Western Conference champions. I still think they're, I mean, you're right there. So I think some people have the Jazz, I think, at four, the NBA. Um, I think you could even, I mean, the Jazz could drop to as low as seventh if things don't go right this season. Yeah, I feel like if they have a schedule like they did last year, at the first of the season, that'll hurt them a lot. But, I mean, at the end of the season, it worked out in their play because they got to play a lot of home games. But I, I, I see the Jazz being a three or four seed because, I mean, the Lakers, they have so much hype on them. And you're putting a lot of trust in just Anthony Davis and LeBron James to make you win games. I mean, two players is not a lot of guys to be able to win games. Now go to the Clippers. The Clippers have the guys, and they have their all-stars. I feel like the Clippers are going to be up there. The Warriors, 
they still got most of their guys. They got Clay coming back. And when he comes back, you know him and Curry, I mean, the Splash Bros, are going to go off. So I feel like the NBA, they're more so getting involved in the media saying, hey, the Laker media is being really big right now. I think they're going to be, like, number one just because they're being so big and they want L.A. fans to get all riled up, especially with the Clipper-Laker rivalry being so big. I think they want those two teams to kind of battle it out, and that's what they want to expect from the NBA. Not so much, oh, the Jazz are going to be involved in the mix because they don't see that. Well, the other day uh, on ESPN, I was was listening to them. They said, the the media said, if L.A., doesn't make it it's bad for the NBA if the Lakers don't make it now you look at it in California alone like you said Golden State the Clippers and the Lakers you've got three teams you're going to market that and the NBA is going to push those three teams so like you said that's why the Jazz is sitting three do they match up could the Jazz match up I think they do I think they match up well, I think if the Jazz have to go against Lakers, Clippers, somewhere along those lines, um, Golden State, I think the Jazz will fare well. But that's going to talk and lead us into our next segue of who would be the Jazz nemesis that would stop them from maybe possibly being bounced in the first round. Yeah. And continuing with 24-7 Ball Talk, today we have a special guest. It is my dearest brother, and he'll introduce himself, and then we'll get back to the Jazz nemesis for this year. Okay, well, I am uh, Tyler. I am Hayden's uh, older brother, and uh, with me also is my beautiful wife. She's now blushing. Uh, she She's smiling. But she says hi as well. She just whispered hi. So we're happy to be here on the show today. All right. Thanks, Tyler and Megan. So who do you think the Jazz nemesis is for next year? This next season, um, I think going towards, well, going from the last couple years, I think it's the Rockets. And I say this for a couple reasons. Number one, uh they released a bunch of, well, Twitter came out and they said a bunch of handles and a bunch of hate talk about certain players. And in Utah, it was the only place where James Harden was the most hated player. In other states, they had people like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, of just people that, that tweeted bad things about that player. And so I think that until the Utah Jazz can beat the, the Houston Rockets, they will be the nemesis. It is kind of, I mean, we've, we've battled them in the past, and this is just a new chapter into kind of into that rivalry from back when, you know, T-Mac played, Yao Ming played, and, you know, Andre Karolinko, Carlos Boozer. But until they beat the, the Rockets, they, that, that's the nemesis. They're not moving anywhere. Okay. See, what I was saying earlier was that the Rockets are going to struggle a little bit this year because they have Russell Westbrook and James Harden together and the chemistry is going to be a little bit harder to figure out and that's why I don't think the Rockets are so much as a nemesis as like the Clippers are going to be because I mean Kawhi and Paul George like single-handedly took control of the game last year against the Jazz on both teams and that's where that was just kind of my opinion on the subject 
Okay, well, Hayden, I have this question for you. So when you're running track, right, Davis has always been our nemesis, right? We couldn't ever get over them, right? There, there might have been other teams that came in and won state titles, but Syracuse has always been fighting against Davis High School. No matter what, in the track program, Davis has always been better. And it wasn't until this year until you guys solidified yourselves it's not necessarily the best team. Yeah, I understand that. What, what you're saying, you know, saying that they're the best team, and you're looking, probably thinking the Jazz are the second best team in the West. But until you get past your your rival, it, it's not happening. It's kind of like, again, I'll tie it back to get the ball rolling. Another example, with Jim Harbaugh. Everyone's saying that Michigan's going to be the, the fourth best team, third best team on some people's, you know, watch this year. Well, until they get past Ohio State, in my opinion, they're not the third best team in the nation. Talent-wise, yeah, no, no kidding, they're good. But tell me, the Ohio State, the Notre Dame, Michigan State—they're not going to be. That's not their nemesis. You know, Alabama is not Michigan's nemesis. It's Ohio. It's it's Notre Dame. It's Michigan State. So, so I understand what you're saying. You're saying the best team out there—that's who the Jazz are going to be fighting. And there might be a new nemesis. It might be halfway through the season where Utah beats Houston uh, one or maybe two times, and then you're going, okay, well now they've conquered it. Now the Clippers are who they're going after. But as of this point, right now, what is it, July 18th, uh, 2019? It is the it's the Houston Rockets, in my opinion. Do you think? This is a year that the Jazz will get over Houston, though, or do you think it's going to take some more years? I think it's a, this is a year. Uh, mainly, I say that for a few reasons. Uh, I think Utah has made tremendous moves in the offseason. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, you know, Mike Conley, they got a couple of sleepers. I mean, even, you know, Jeff Green, Emmanuel Moutier, these are sleeper guys that are really in, in the, like Jazz guys in disguise. Uh, they did have to give up a few, you know, Derek Davers, Kyle Corbers, who are also really big jazz guys. But I think they get over the Rockets. See, I think that Houston's on the bottom end of the West just because uh, I don't think Russell Westbrook and James Harden, I think it's going to be weird kind of a fit. And you can't, you know, what Kobe Bryant said, you can't win in the NBA playing ISO ball. And that, honestly, I think this is going to be isolation, Russell Westbrook, isolation, James Harden. But I think this time, I think Mike Conley, gives it to James Harden. He, he, he shuts him down. Donovan Mitchell on what Russell Westbrook, we saw what happened. You know, yeah, he covered Rubio a little bit, but Westbrook lost the Jazz. They're in his head. I think they get over that hump, and I think that we're talking uh, the Jazz at least into the second round, into the Western Conference semis, and maybe even into the finals, depending on who they line up with. See, I, I think so. I've got to agree with you on the Rockets. I still think they're the Jazz nemesis, no matter what. But... I don't know. You mean we got to see where the it, it ends up. Um, I think over through the season, though, like who the Jazz really have to beat. I don't see playoff. It's the Rockets if they line up with them. If they don't, they might not even see him. I think over the season, the nemesis is is Denver. I see Denver as being their nemesis. Denver has some bigs. They have the guard play. I think the Jazz really. I mean, their nemesis in the playoffs guarantees the Rockets by all those points you gave valid. But I think in the regular season, I think the Jazz have to win their division. They have to. They have to come out. They cannot take like they did last year and fall to that seed to where now they're playing somebody like the Rockets. I think that's, I think the Jazz kind of, I think that's where they're going to have to battle is against, they're going to have to battle against Denver. So I think this year, is the Rockets maybe in the playoff, but in the regular season, 
I think the Jazz have to win the head-to-head battle against Denver. No, I, I see. I, I, I really like that point. I didn't even think of the Nuggets. I mean, you were at the you you went to the game uh, this last season, or it was a little bit chippy. And uh, I mean, Plumlee got yeah. thrown out. Favors got thrown out. And that's when the, the Jazz won that game as well, though, yes. right? Yeah, it was at home. Yeah, it was at home, and and the, and the Nuggets they had the best home record this last season, so I can understand that. But I see your point in them having to get, get over it. But I think. In my opinion, with the, with the Nuggets, I think that they were kind of like the new kid on the block. I think they played everybody at the right times early in the season, and I mean, yeah, they played everybody. I think they just got injuries lined up with them, and uh, they're a good team. But I, I, I see the point. But I, I'll stick with my Houston Rockets. I still think the Jazz have to win their division. If they don't, they're. I mean, you you might be, and as much as people don't want to hear that. They might be bounced in the first round again if if they don't. They've got to be a high seed. They've got to have home court, and they've got to make sure they're playing here to get to that second round, to that semifinal. And then I think the Jazz match up well against the top, top-tier teams um, as long as the Rockets aren't there because, I don't know, if you say calmly on Harden, I'm looking at that going... Wow, I I don't know if James Harden can be stopped because he just drives and kicks. And now uh-huh. now Westbrook doesn't have to put the whole team on his shoulders. He gets to kind of play his ball, dash and slash. I think uh, you know the Rockets. I don't know if if it's just so tough because I just see Denver matching up very well with the Jazz. I think the Jazz want no part in that. In 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 seeing Denver, but I mean no, I like well, those. T- I think those two, A one, A B. There it is. Well, and I think I think uh, with Denver, the Jazz don't play well against uh, a big man that can shoot. No. They didn't play well. I mean, Giannis isn't a, a traditionally like super good shooter, but they don't play. Didn't play Giannis very well. They didn't play the Grizzlies. We always struggle with them, and when Marcus Saul would bounce out. Because what the Jazz thing, their whole thing is, and you're gonna, you're all right. I'm gonna let you can go by, but you're gonna have Gobert in the middle yep. that's gonna be clogging it up. Um, I think with Russell Westbrook, the only thing, uh, yeah, James Harden's gonna kick it, but you're talking about a person that only shot 29 percent from three last year. So if he's kicking it out and if, if it's late in the shot clock, Russell Westbrook's not gonna be able to come up with that. Now, yeah, if you got PJ Tucker, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, you know, slashing and he's kicking it out, then, yeah, they're going to probably be a little bit more effective. But I think that's going to be, I think the whole aspect of that is James Harden has to learn how to play off the ball. And I, I would say leave, leave Russell Westbrook as the main ball handler because he's really good at assists. Uh, I mean, you don't average a triple-double without being able to pass. Yeah. So let him dash and then, let, and then you know, kick it out to them. I think they're going to be a little bit more successful. But James Harden is going to have to give up a little bit of that. But I, I can see Denver being, I mean, a very valid argument, especially just because Utah and Colorado are very similar in topography. And, you know, you can either say Denver is Salt Lake East or Salt Lake is Denver West, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go agree with that also. Thanks, bro, for coming on to our show today. You have any final words for our audience? No, I'm just uh, happy to be on the show. We're looking forward to, to working with you guys. And 
uh, always check out Getting the Ball Rolling as well as 24-7 Ball Talk, and we'll be helping promote you guys as well as you guys can help promote us. But thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Okay. All right. See ya. Yeah. And for our final segment today on 24-7 Ball Talk, we'll be talking about CP3 going to the Thunder. And are the Thunder going to be a playoff contender? Me personally, I think they are. I think they added... They, I mean, they lost Russell Westbrook, and a lot of people will say, well, the Thunder didn't haven't been that good in the last couple of years. They haven't been a number one seed to number four seed in the last couple of years. But they've battled, and they also lost Paul George. And I think for what they've lost, they've also gained back. They got Gildress Alexander. They've got Gallinari. They've got those role players who I think can step up and make good plays and that's where i think not a lot of people see the thunder possibly making the playoffs they could be a bubble team they could be an eight or seven seed and me personally i think they'll probably be an eight seed just how their team is low-key i think them or the spurs are gonna squeak in there at the end depending on how the season goes and that that's just that's just my opinion on the Thunder. They're going to make it. But uh, me, personally, I've always liked the Thunder for since I was younger when James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook were on a team. And s- seeing the Thunder get Paul George and then losing Paul George and losing Russell Westbrook, I, just, I still want the Thunder to be a good team. I still want them to be up there. Okay, so uh, with the addition of CP3, because now trade talks have gone on hold, they're talking about keeping him till at least till December, that he will play with him, possibly playing the whole season. Now CP3 averages 22 points a game. Um, I mean he's got really good numbers. If you, so what do you think is going to happen? As you said, they're going to. You think they're a playoff bound team? With this addition, does CP3 stay there? Does he ride it out, or does he does he get traded? Well, I like you were saying with CP3's 22 points a game, that was with James Harden also playing. And I think when James Harden needs a ball, he gets the ball. That's that's their entire plan at the Rockets. And I think now going to the Thunder, CP3, it'll be a changing experience because CP3's never really been on his own team. He had Blake Griffin at the Clippers. Then he moved to the Rockets, and he's had James Harden. He hasn't been on his own team. And... That's where I'm saying this kind of year when he's going to experience it, I think if he's going to like it, he's going to like it and he's going to stay there. He's either going to love it or he's going to hate it. That's going to be my opinion on it. And I feel like the Thunder are going to do better than a lot, what a lot of people say, especially with uh, just everything going on. I, I think CP3 is going to put up the numbers he needs, and I think the role players are going to rise to the occasion and still put up their numbers that they're going to need. Uh, valid points. I, I, I like Chris Paul. I liked his career until he went to the Rockets. I don't think he was a good fit with the Rockets. I don't think he shared. I, I don't think, he, I think they, last year was the Rockets' chance to go to the playoffs, I mean, to the finals. I think the Rockets are, are, are reaching now with Westbrook. Me personally, I think now, I don't know, with the Rockets, I, I, I see them dropping off. Now the Thunder, with you made some valid points there. After looking at it, 
I mean, outside of the Lakers, Lakers are going to make the playoffs, possibly. I mean, of course, with LeBron James, if he stays healthy, the Lakers will probably make it. So that means if the Lakers make it, you're going to have to bounce the Spurs. The Spurs would be the Thunder there. So are the Thunder a better team than the Spurs? I think with the addition of CP3, they are. I think they can match up well. I think that'll be a battle. Can the Thunder make the playoffs? I think everybody's saying they will, and I think, um, I, you know, I keep on going back and forth. I'm, I'm still not 100% sold that they will. I think that was a good move. Uh, if they would have lost Westbrook and not got CP3 and then traded CP3 away, I say they, they're they not. They wouldn't have been a playoff team. But with the addition there, um, Gallinari, um, I mean, you still got Adams in the middle. You still have Noel. I mean, they've got some role players. And you never know, those teams could be dangerous. So as much as people are dogging on the Thunder for this move, this this GM, he's pretty brilliant here in making his making the moves, collecting draft picks, and in a total rebuild. And I think with this, I think if they make the playoffs, that's a huge advantage to them because I don't think teams anymore will tank it. Like New York tanked it less last year, they still didn't get the number one pick. I don't know with everything with the lottery, I don't think you can do that. So I think the Thunder play hard. I, me personally, right now, I would say CP3 is going to take it on as a challenge to play there. I, I'm kind of actually cheering for him and and hoping he does well enough to make the playoffs and kind of then to throw it back in Houston's face. And 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 what a how awesome would it be to see the Rockets? and the Thunder play in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah, but along with like the CP3 talk, I think his first year, if he gets hurt a lot, I feel like he'll, he's going to move. And if they don't make it to the playoffs, he's going to move. I, th- I feel like there's going to be a lot of factors going into his decision next year because it's only a one-year deal. Like, well, he has three years on his contract. He still has three years left to play on his contract. Um, and he's, what, that's, that's 34? That puts him at 37? Yeah, I think th- that's why, like, when you get older, you kind of see the trend, like Dwayne Wade moved to Miami. LeBron has moved to the Lakers. As you get older in your career, you want to move to Coast team more so. And that's where I think where he's in the Mac Dad middle of the country i think he's gonna move to one of the side teams he's gonna either go to miami heat he's either gonna go to lakers or los angeles or even a sacramento team just to finish out his career be in the heat 24 7 all year round and i i i don't see him being at the thunder for a long amount of time he's probably he's definitely not going to retire i don't see him retiring at the thunder i I think there's a couple things that'll happen with CP3. I for one thing he, he will I think he finishes out the season. The reason being is that he finishes out the season. You look at this last season, crazy free agent moves. There is nobody in the NBA that's safe anymore. You we never saw the Paul George going with Kawhi to the late, to the Clippers. That that was that was unseen. So free agency now in the NBA is is a crazy time. So I think CP3, in knowing that he only has a limited time left to play, he's got max contract that he can make, 
Um, I think this year he balls out to show people that, hey, I can still play. I am still a valuable piece for a puzzle to put him there to say, okay, maybe we do move him here. We pay the luxury tax. We bring him in for one year like Toronto did with Kawhi. I think that's one that you look at. And I think he'll play his hardest because I think in December when that trade, when the free agency trade line comes up that you can start trading most teams already have their team that they wanted this is the team they're going with i don't see him saying hey we want to take on this max contract a cp3 i'm i'm gonna say he probably if he he's gonna play to get those to get maybe the free agent next year and i think that he'll get a better deal because i think a team will be looking for hey we only need this one piece maybe the heat Maybe somebody, like you said, on the coast. Maybe Orlando looks at it and goes, hey, for one year, we get him, we add it, this is our team, and, and you just go. Or, you know, does Toronto take the try again? I could really see him in, ending up in Toronto. That could be a possibility. So you never know because the league always needs good point guards. Yeah, and I feel like the league is going to more point guard orientate shooting the three being able to drive the ball it's more relying on the point guards and shooting guards rather than the center the center is just kind of getting the rebound like they, they they're not as what they were back in like the 80s and 90s and 70s their the game has changed dramatically since then okay if you were cp3 let's just put it in as you're in his shoes where would you want to stay in okc or would you want to be traded, and to what team would you want to go to? If you're CB3, you're sitting down with your agent, where, where would you want to play right now? Would you want to stay in OKC, or would you want your agent hitting hard, and where would be your pick to go? What team? I don't know. I If I was CB3 right now, I'd probably just chill and see how the first of the year goes for the thunder and if it's not going that good and if he doesn't like it i i could possibly see him going to the lakers because the lakers still have the cap room to get a decent decent player especially it's coast they got two other all-stars especially if they brought in chris paul that team would get so much better the fan support would even get bigger i mean it's already ginormous it's the laker brand name but i feel like if i was cp3 going to the Lakers could be a very good possibility but then it just depends how the first couple weeks months go at the thunder see if if I if I had my choice like if I was CP3 and I'm sitting there right now I don't know if I want to be at the thunder however Russell Westbrook was looked at as like the all in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's much like the Jazz. That's all they have is the Thunder. They love their team. And I think that if Chris Paul goes there, I think the city's going to embrace him. I think he's going to see that he has some possibility to stay there. Me personally, you know, I look around the league and I think, oh, where else would I want to go? Where else could I make the moves to be there? I mean, the only other team that I would really uh, maybe want to go play for, but they don't 
I would probably, I think me personally, I would go to Golden State. Because I think if you added him to Golden State, now you add another player. But they would be so point guard oriented that they would... Do they play small ball like they, they do? They have D'Angelo Russell, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. There's no way that they would add a Chris Paul to their roster and be able to play four guards at one time, even two guards at one time if they shifted them around. Less playing time for Curry and Thompson, even less playing time for Russell and Paul. They wouldn't like it. I feel like the chemistry wouldn't be there. I feel like they wouldn't like it. If you're late in your career and you want to go win a championship, I do think your Lakers thing is there, but I don't think he goes to the Lakers just because he was with the Clippers. I don't know. Maybe you end your career coming off the bench. Playing a few minutes with Golden State. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know about that. But anyway, thank you for uh, watching our show today, 24-7 Ball Talk, or listening to our show, I should say. And please go tell your family and friends. It would be so cool to get more followers. And just thank you and uh, keep balling on.